Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown so come find us yes video stores still exist and you're wait you're probably wondering wait we yes of course the lovely dogs the honorable Tesla and the fantastic Miss Frida are here like always and also guys the other person that's here in the disembodied voice that is going to be doing mainly the speaking and mainly the um uh i guess mainly the like oh this is how ha this is what should have happened or this is why this has happened is the butt maestro talk about dungeon dragons honor among thieves how's it going butt maestro uh admiral when you when you roll a natural one for a performance check but you you still did your best still did your best with that intro you were on a roll for a while you had it going but Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome hey, to a very special episode of Cinema Gems, where we get to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Technically, I got a four. Okay, I didn't get a one. I got a four. Okay, you're okay, right. I That's just... not a natural one, because you didn't say my real name or your real name. So, exactly. you're fine. We're good. Exactly. We don't, we don't so, have to do another take, so it's not a natural one. You're right. Good. So, all right. So, let's just look. Just go ahead and do the spiel about the show, and let's just jump into this because we got to get into it. We got to get so, into it. So, uh, first off, welcome back to Cinema Gems. And if this, is, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Don't forget to find us on the Twitter and on the Instagram, and we'll drop those later. So, keep listening. Uh, but welcome back. We're another show on the internet that mostly talks about movies. Uh, we're just a bunch of opinionated nerds that talk about what the fuck we want to. And. The Admiral uh, did his best and succeeded this time in convincing myself and GLaDOS to go see a movie in a theater for the first time since the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yes, Woo! This is the first movie I have seen in theaters since before the pandemic. And it was a bit of a culture shock. I don't know if culture Woo! shock is the right word for it. Uh, uh, anxiety shock? I don't know. It was weird, but... We will talk about what we thought about this movie. Um, uh, GLaDOS had made a few points and wanted me to pass them on, so I will be passing those on during the episode. Uh, but Admiral, I know you have a lot of questions about this movie, so let's get started. Alright, so Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. From now on, we will discuss it as D&D &D Hat. That's oh my god. D&D &D Hat, because it's Honor &D Among &D Thieves. Hat. You came up with it, man. You came up with it. I know. Um, I, I, and I immediately had a what have I done moment. <laughs> you put, went full Job. You're like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> or no, uh, I immediately regret this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, John Francis Daly and uh, Jonathan Goldstein are two uh, uh, directed both this movie. And they also wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. And a lot of people were like, oh, oh, yeah, the, the, totally, I, I can see that. John Francis Daly is from Freaks and Geeks. He's the main yes. character in Freaks and Geeks. Yes. And he um. also wrote it with Jonathan, Jonathan Goldstein um, and uh, Michael uh, G-I-L-I-O. Gilio. I was going to say Gilio. Gilio or Gilio. Gilio. Get in the comments. <laughs> Okay, alright, so that, we'll just get those out of the way, but we're mainly going to talk about, so, 
remember last when we reviewed the original Dungeon Dragons movie from 2000? That... Yes, and I, I appreciate that we took a look, a retrospective look at that movie just to remind ourselves, you know what? No matter how bad this new movie is, there's no way it can be as bad as this. Correct. Correct. Um, so that felt like, that said that the, the, the person's like, oh, I was a DM and I made a story and I took, uh, you know, I decided to take, quote unquote, the Star Wars approach and drop you in everything. This movie does it completely different. Yes. You are you already know. I mean, you don't know all the rules because no one knows all the rules. But it just drops you in the society and basically brings you along as the fish out of water kind of thing. By when you meet a character, uh, you know, plot exposition. It has to go somewhere. You know, different things like that and all kinds of stuff. And I think this is far superior of a job than the 2001 far superior this was clearly written and made by people who have not only played and probably written several uh tabletop role-playing game modules but have played uh and gm'd uh several ttrpg uh groups um <clears throat> because that perspective is all over the place in this movie in terms of its storytelling, in terms of how the characters interact with each other, their varying degrees of, uh, you know, sometimes they know absolutely nothing about where they're at, and sometimes a random character has a light bulb go off in their head uh, because their character is rolling a history check behind the screen and rolled to 20, and so the DM now has to give them all the information that they weren't ready to give yet. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a lot. You know what I mean? That happens a few times in this movie, and it actually made me giggle quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, let's, let's talk about... Um, Chris Pine's character, uh, Ed, uh, Edgen? Edgen. Edgen. Edgen Darvis. Uh, they mostly call him Ed. Uh, um, Ed and... And he was a member of the Harpers, an order of peacekeepers. So what is uh, a Harper? And then a what bunch is of a Harper? red wizards. A, a, a Harper is just... A Harper is what the DM comes up with when the player is like, Yeah, I was part of a company. What was the company's name? I don't know. Okay, random number generator. Here we go. Oh, okay. Like, it's it's just generic peacekeeping group. Okay, sorry. That was that was one of the main things. I was like, "What the hell is this? What?" It's just the generic peacekeeping group to give the character his backstory. All right. It's not it's not that important. Okay. So the it red wizard. It's a little bit important later on, but it's really not that important. All you have to know is the Harpers are peacekeepers. Okay. Uh, and they're semi-organized, but what about the red wizards? With them, uh, a group of red wizards uh, fucking killed his wife um, and left him with uh, a daughter. Uh, that's when he met Holga Kilgore, who who I love this character so much, and I will yeah. talk about her quite a bit later. Um, yeah. They turned to thieving uh and holga kind of became her her stepmom her new mom oh Kira? um yeah 
Oh, and she's also from the movie Sixty Five. I don't know. I don't know. I know you probably haven't seen that movie yet, but uh, I saw it with Patron, and it's uh, Adam Driver, dinosaurs in space, and uh, Kira. Oh is, yeah, Kira's Adam Driver's daughter in that movie. Is is she good in that movie? I mean. A lot of people don't like that movie because of the acting, but I mean, it's a space. It's it's space and it's dinosaurs. That's all I cared about, and that's what it delivered on. So, that's all I cared about. So to me, it successfully did what it wanted to do. She did the best job that she had the material to do with. I think her performance was accidentally exactly accurate to what happens when you tell. Uh, a high school kid who's never played D and D. Hey, play D and D with us. Oh, and and Justice uh, Justice Smith is uh, if you tell a college kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. That's what. Yeah, okay. All right. I can get behind that. J- Justice Smith is the college kid who uh, had a few friends that tried to get him to play D and D in high school, and they just the schedules never lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's finally getting a chance to, and he's like, oh yeah, fucking Wild Magic Sorcerer, let's do it. Like, he has serious performance problems, and he's really unsure of himself all the time. I love this character. I love the Simon character. Uh, he was one of my favorites. Um, one of my only criticisms of this movie, it, it, I understand it, because I know they were saving their budget for where it really counted, uh, but I, I would have loved to have seen more spells, both from the, uh, from the sorcerer, from Simon, and from Edgin. Like, I'm a little bit mad we didn't get to see any bard spells. Oh, you're just upset because you play bards. I, okay, hang on, wait. Uh, Dark, uh, Oleander, Zaos, uh, I currently play four bards. Oh, Sorry, four bards, not just one. And a barbarian, and a warlock, and uh, a divine soul sorcerer. Yeah, I have a lot of characters going. <laughs> oh, um, by the way, I just wanted you to know that the movie is set in the uh, for- Forgotten Realms. I don't know if you know what that is, because I don't. Yes, I, I currently play a campaign uh, set in the Forgotten Realms. It's it's the standard D&D 5E sandbox realm. Oh, okay. uh, where a lot of the pre-written modules take place. Okay. Um, if if you buy a starter's guide to Dungeons and Dragons or a starter box, the book that comes with the starter box that's like a, a campaign for levels one through five starts in uh, Fandolin, which also takes place in uh, in the Forgotten Realms. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's interesting. I. I haven't played D&D in like a year, so sorry. I Wizards of the Coast is also taking this opportunity to make this movie uh, kind of like how comic book movies for years have been using their movies exclusively for merchandising. Yep. Just to make lots and lots and lots of money off of toys. Yeah, the toys in this case are just modules where you get to play in the places where you saw in the movie. Oh, okay. Like the like the prison in the beginning where we see Edgin and Holga uh, trick the Aarakocra, which is a real thing in Dungeons and Dragons. Bird people, Aarakocra. Okay, I thought that was uh, an It's also a horn. thing that a lot of... 
So here's the thing about Eric Okra. Um, if you are playing in a game where your dungeon master allows flying creatures, uh, Eric Okra can look what look like any bird you want it to. Except an owl. There's a different stat block for, for Owlin. Okay. So they're not so uh, that's not an eagle born. That's not an eagle born. That that is whatever uh whatever bird they felt inspired by. Uh yeah. Oh, okay. But the other you character call, on you the council. It an eagle born for flavor. The other character in the council was a It's very possible born. that if someone played that character at a table, they might call him an eagle born for flavor. Okay. But on paper it's an Aracocra. Okay. And the other Which is just the generic term for bird person. Oh, okay. Uh, the other person at the council um, was a dragonborn, correct? There was a dragonborn. Okay. Yep. All right. Woo! Yeah! You got it. Yay! You're, you're getting it. Yay. Which, hey, credit to the movie. They made it very clear in most cases yeah. uh, what creatures were what. And even for the non-initiated even for people who haven't played way too much D&D, like yourself, Admiral, they, they made it pretty clear what's what yeah. without over, being overwhelming, yeah. I feel like. Um, oh, also, um, just want to say this before we go on. I want to get a couple trivias in before we go on. Uh, Chris McKay was in negotiations to direct, but he left to go direct Tomorrow War. You remember that movie you made me watch with Chris Pratt? on? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that movie. Yeah, Chris McKay left this Oof. movie to go direct that movie. That's rough. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rob Letterman oh, was was set to direct, and Baby Driver was cast in the lead until the project moved over to Paramount. Probably for the best that he's not in the lead on this. I think Chris Pine does a phenomenal job. I have no notes for yep. him. Uh, now. A second ago, I was talking about kind of the clarity of species yeah, go ahead. and what's what in this in this movie. There is one exception to that, uh, and that's Doric, the druid, uh, because until she mentioned that she was a tiefling, I would not have assumed that she was a tiefling. Because the thing about tieflings is that they're descended from demons, so they typically have red or purple skin. And they look, you know, semi-demonic. Mm. Uh, this tiefling was a very half-assed tiefling. Uh, with horns and a very static tail. Uh, and she looked more like, I don't know, Keyleth from uh, fucking Vox Machina. She looked more like a, like an elf or a satyr than a tiefling. I don't know. It was weird. Like I, I don't know why they included the bit about her being a tiefling when they didn't go all in and making her look semi-demonic. Well, I think that's why they specified that, because she's, they said her family didn't want her. So uh, they had to specify something of a reason why her family didn't want her, but they didn't elaborate on what a tiefling was. That's my... Alright, so maybe that's, that's for the, my maybe best Maybe that's guess. for the next movie. That's my best guess. Maybe that's for the sequel. Possibly. Um, <laughs> okay, so the, so the other guy, the other Harper... The the one that got like the yes. helmet of uh was it the helmet of con- not confusion the helmet of understanding. Uh, I think it's the helm of disruption or something okay. like that. It's an anti magic field okay. helmet. 
Uh, in fact, D&D Beyond was uh, nice enough to provide stat blocks for every character and every magic item in this movie. Oh, okay. So who's that guy? What's that guy's story? What's he about? Why is he so amazing? Which, which guy? I need you to be the, more... The, you mean Zank? Yeah, the harper that... The, the paladin? Yes, yes, the paladin that you know gave the helmet to uh, Simon. So... I love that you brought up uh, Zank, the Paladin, because this is played by uh, Ray J. Jean Page, who most people probably already know him from uh, Bridgerton. Yes. Yep. Here's the thing. Um, Leading up to this movie, the only member of the cast who had played Dungeons & Dragons was the pretty boy. Fucking Ray J. Jean Page who they pulled from Bridgerton because the creators of this movie were like, okay, we need to pull someone from something that's not nerd culture related uh, to maybe try to pull people into this. And it's just really funny to me that the, that pull is also the guy who has the most in real life Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role playing experience. (laughs) And I think he was fucking great. He was amazing. He was absolutely I great. wanted more of him. Um, we, By the way, we, we're kind of skipping over some major plot points because we're assuming you've already seen this movie or you don't plan to see it's it. It's been out for about um, two weeks. Or maybe you're waiting till it comes on. Maybe you're waiting till it comes out on streaming, and that's okay, too. That's totally okay, too. Um, we, we will specify at the end whether we think you should see this in theaters or not wait just wait for it um you go ahead admiral i'm trying to find the stat blocks for the the items in the movie oh, okay um so i i got to see uh oh before we go any further um i i did get a popcorn bucket of the d20 um i'm a little bit jealous i know you are um and so i put the i put the popcorn bucket because, you know, I, I usually, we me and Patron go early enough, so, you know, we don't have, we, we can get a little empty seat next to us. So there's a gentleman, there's an empty seat in between me and the gentleman sitting next to me, and I go, sir, is it okay if I place my items here? And he goes, yeah, can my D20 sit next to your D20? So our D20 popcorns <laughs> were, were set to 20, and they watched the movie with us. So, yeah. That's really so cute. If that guy listens to this, you're welcome. And also, I told him about the mid credit scene, and he stayed because he didn't. He wasn't aware there was a mid credit scene. Were you aware there was a mid credit scene? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, Glados was aware there was a mid credit scene. Not even necessarily aware. Just I think they knew. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's just been it's just habit from Marvel movies and Star Wars movies by this point. She's like, you know what? If if it's a nerd culture adjacent movie, just stay a little bit just in case. We did not stay and see if there was a post credit scene. Was there a post credit scene or no? I just know there was the mid credits. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, same, same. Um, I got to see a bunch of monsters that I really liked. I got to see the mimic. I got to see, what was up with those panthers. The ones that can like project their other selves. Those are called displacer beasts, and those are actually very old uh, creatures in Dungeons and Dragons. You can find them in the original Monster Manual, 
way back when. Oh. Uh, Displacer Beasts have been part of D&D forever. And I love that they fucking got a Displacer Beast in this. Okay. Uh, and you get to see the gelatinous cube. That was really cool. Um, and you got to see the gelatinous cube literally dissolving people. Yeah. That's the part I was looking forward to is, no, they're not just a thing that you get trapped in. You get trapped in it and slowly dissolve. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the thing that makes gelatinous cubes really scary is that if you're just taking a rest in a dark cave, they can very easily sneak up on you and just over the course of a few hours and you just wake up dissolving in the cube. Oh God, that's scary. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Lots of things in this world can kill you pretty easily. Yep. So, so what's uh, so, up with the okay, Red Wizards? So I have the magic items. What, what's up with them? So the Red Wizards are essentially trying to bring back a a Vecna. It's not Vecna himself, but it is a lich. Okay. It is a character I thought that, that works was on what the exact was. same logic. It, it's a Vecna. It's not Vecna by name, uh, because copyright issues. But it, it is someone who mechanically is the exact same as Vecna. It's an Archlich. Oh, okay. And it's a bunch of undead wizards trying to uh, gain immortality by feeding uh, off of the life force of other people who did not consent to it. Okay. That, that's what the red wizards are doing. They're, they're greedy wizards trying to gain immortality. All right. So what about the Harper that is the nerd from Bridgerton? Okay, so, uh, oh, where, where, where to fucking go? We didn't even get to talk about Forge yet. Uh, you Grant, I love that he's in this movie. Uh, but Zank is a paladin, um, and he helps them out trying to find, they're essentially trying to find the, uh, Helm of Disjunction because they need to get into the vault protected by, uh, Forge who has Edgen's daughter and has brainwashed Edgen's daughter be like, uh, yeah, he's not your dad anymore. He abandoned you. Uh, and the tablet that he was trying to get um, is a tablet of wealth, not a tablet of reawakening to resurrect his wife. I don't think he brainwashed her. I think he just convinced her. He definitely lied to he her. He convinced her. He lied I to her. I don't think he... He, he pulled a scar. Okay, fine. I'll agree with he you that. He gaslit her. Yeah, okay, fine. We'll agree that he gaslit her. I don't think he brainwashed her. <laughs> That's a bit extreme. It's a bit extreme. Yeah, and considering there are actual forms of literally brainwashing someone in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you're you're right. Let's not use the word brainwash. Yeah. He, he, he does gaslight her quite oh, a bit. Oh, God, yeah, he did. I like how he's like, your dad left. Um, speaking of brainwashing, though, Speaking of brainwashing, though, did you recognize the little walking brains? I didn't know what that was at first. Uh, the, the, little, the little crawling brains as they're going through the caves in the underdark. I didn't understand what so that was exactly. Those are, those are intellect devourers. Uh, and they are the little servants of mind flayers, also known as illithids. Mind flayers fuck your brain. Okay. Literally and metaphorically. Oh, God. Fuck your brain. Oh, 
if, if a mind flayer gets behind you and he gets his tentacles on you, he puts one of his tentacles up the back of your skull and just sucks your brains out. Oh, God. Jeez. Yeah, if, if your D&D group stumbles into a mind flayer, run! <laughs> run! Fucking run! Please tell me you saw that clip of the band at a Comic-Con doing the, uh, I have to show you this clip. Uh, this next song is called My Party Stumbled Into the Lair of a, uh, Sorry, My Level 3 Party Stumbled Into the Lair of a Beholder. Ah! Ah, run! What about a little baby beholder? Do you think a level 3 party could take on a baby beholder? Uh, seeing as beholders are ageless, I don't know if a baby beholder is a thing. Well, if I DM, I would make a little baby beholder. And that's fair, because the cool thing about D&D is you can do whatever you want as long as everyone at the table is cool yep. with it. Which is why you so far have not heard me uh, be a rules lawyer about how anything in this movie really should be, aside from little things with the tiefling. But that that's it. Those There are things in this movie that I could sit here and nitpick and be a rules lawyer about, like how she wild-shaped seven times before a a long rest. But there's another side of me that thinks, you know, if I was a DM and I was doing a one-on-one solo heist with a player, I would let them fudge the rules a little bit for a cinematic So you know that thing that she turned into before the the red... uh... An owlbear. No, not the owlbear. Not the Albert. The, the chocobo looking thing. <laughs> Not the mama. The chocobo looking thing. The thing that looks like. What yes. What the hell is that thing? Probably a chocobo. Okay, cool. Uh, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, they have all kinds of weird creatures like that in D&D. Oh. Admiral. Like, you can make anything you want in D&D. You just gotta have a stat block for it. Um, And I love... I also love when they go to the graveyard. Now, I don't love this scene because it's literally, like, awakening the dead and making the body, like, you know, grave robbing, technically, kind of thing. But I love that they used their five questions immediately and it just dissolved. Like, it's just like, yep, that's it. Bye. Uh, and I love... Yeah, that's exactly what happens at the table. I know, but I love that they put that in there and it's just like, yep, that's what we're going for. And I love that one guy. Oh yeah, well I had the helmet, and then, and then the last thing I remember was getting hit by everything, and then the other Harper comes up and he's like, "I will take this helmet and hold it for you." Uh, and I love how they're like, "What's your favorite book?" And the corpse is just like, "Oh well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Isn't it?" And he just sits there for like five minutes, and then they just leave. They just leave. And then uh, that's the mid credit scene, and I love that that's the mid credit scene. I'm sorry. That is amazing that they went back to that joke. I don't know how you felt about it. I laughed so fucking hard at that. Oh, I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. I, I love the, the graveyard scene so fucking much. Uh, uh, because they heard it from a friend who... <laughs> heard it from a friend who... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, when you think about it, this movie is really just a multiple MacGuffin hunt. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Ex- uh, cause I'm looking, I'm looking at all the, uh, the, the stat blocks of the items in this movie and 
Yeah, they're really just hunting the MacGuffins, like one MacGuffin after another. Now, like first it's the help, it's the helm of distinction, and then they stumble onto the hither thither staff. Which, my God, I'm giving that to one of my players. Is that just a portal gun and a staff? It's a portal gun. Oh, okay. It's hundred percent just a portal. Okay, because that's what I thought it was at first. If if you wanted to take the stat block of this item and just flavor it as a handheld projectile looking thing, you absolutely could. Yep. It could work as a the, the mechanics of how this works. Uh, as an action, you can expend one charge from the staff to create two linked teleportation circles, each one appearing as a flat on a flat surface of your choice that you can see within 1,500 feet of yourself. Alternatively, you can spend one charge as an action to relocate one or both portals, subject to the same limitation. Um, a portal can appear on a moving surface, but the effect ends when the two portals move more than one mile apart. So, yeah, this is literally a portal. Oh, okay, that's what I thought it was. when I And I love I it. Um, let me read to you, because the way they wrote this is fucking great. So, the the Red Wizard Blade. Uh, oh, because if you cut by a Red Wizard Blade, by, you'll die. Forged by Red Wizards using a secret process known only to them, this grim steel dagger draws its power from the negative plane. When you hit a creature with melee attack using this dagger, it takes an extra 3d12 necrotic damage. A.K.A. a lot of fucking damage, especially for low-level players. A creature reduced to zero hit points by this weapon dies and cannot be raised from the dead, except by a deity or by a creature using the Tablet of Reawakening. Hey. Next item, the Tablet of Reawakening. Hey, Tablet of Reawakening. Um. Uh, witches of Rashashan use this, uh, uh, sorry, Rashomon, use this tiny stone tablet to counter the necromancy of the red wizards. So, hey, uh, homebrew DMs at home, you don't need to make your magic items super complicated and intricate and complex because the makers of this movie made their magic items as MacGuffins meant to counter each other. Like, they're not subtle about it. So, you know what? You don't have to be subtle either. Good. <laughs> I guess is the main takeaway yeah. here. Yeah, it seems like it is. All right, so the other thing I wanted to say is, so you know when they get on the boat and they have all the cash and Hugh Grant is, I'm sorry, I, I have a personal feeling about Hugh Grant that I don't like him because he cheated on his wife. And do you know who his wife originally was? I don't actually. I, I This is all news. So his me. original wife that he cheated on uh, another woman, a woman of the night with, was... Uh, Vanessa Kensington from the original uh, Mike Myers Austin Powers movie. Oh. Yes. He cheated on her. Wow, fuck you, Grant. He cheated on her with... How could you? Right? Right? How could you? What the fuck? Alright, so yeah, fuck you, Grant, in particular... Um, I, I love how they use the hither thither staff to portal all of the, by the way, it's Elizabeth Hurley onto the tournament stadium. Um, oh my God. I love Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, he cheated on her. <sighs> what a, what a so, bitch. I don't right. like him well, for that reason. So I'm glad that he was painted as the villain in this and an incompetent villain as well. Sorry. That's how I feel about you. Oh, straight up. Straight up. It, yeah. 
he was a great he is uh he is an excellent uh psych out villain you know the the person your players meet and they think this is the main villain oh no this guy is small potatoes compared to the actual big bad of this campaign he he thinks he's hot shit Oh, by the way, he cer- he certainly thinks himself as the big bad, but oh no, he's. Did you love favorite. the chubby dragon? I loved that chonker so fucking much. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, shot a pudgy red dragon. Uh, Patron Patron loved, loved that so much. That dragon so much. She loved that dragon so much. Um, I loved in that fight as well the the warlocks using green flame blade. That looked fucking sick. Um, what what else am I missing in this movie? Oh, uh, if 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 it's okay with you, uh, I want to talk a little bit about. The oh, you end. mean Bradley Cooper? Um, right after the big Bradley Cooper. Oh, yes, I did want to talk about how Holga has a type. So is, and that type. Is halfling okay, man. Okay, so Bradley Cooper was a halfling. So he's he's a hobbit. He's a hobbit. He's he's a halfling. It's it's not a Tolkien work, so you're not allowed to say. Okay, hobbit. but technically he. Or you will get you you will get sued by. But the technically, state. he could could be considered oh. a halfling that has the same measurement heights as a hobbit from the Tolkien universe. Correct. Okay. Yes. That's yes, it. That's all I care about. Halflings are function. Halflings are functionally hobbits, but they can't call them hobbits because uh, copyright to the That's Tolkien fun. estate. It's for the same reason that you have to spell orc with uh, with a K. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm sorry. I know you didn't want to talk yeah, about Bradley Cooper unless... that much, but I wanted to talk about that because I wasn't sure. No, it's good. It... I love that scene, and as someone who has played multiple halfling characters. Because halflings are fucking great. Uh, they are canonically fucking fearless. It makes perfect sense that they would fall in love with giant women. I mean, hey. Uh, and I know that I'm not the only person out there that plays halflings that fall in love with giant women. No comment. Uh, no so, comment. yeah. I love that so right. much. So you say, you um, talk about I it? also love that... Oh, God. Well, I'm just going to keep talking for a minute because uh, I accidentally hung up on the Admiral. But uh, we're, we're going to keep vamping for a minute until there's the Admiral. It's okay. I kept vamping for a second. All right. I'm back. I paused it, but I am unpaused it right now, so it's fine. Yeah. Resume. I never paused. There's just a little bit of a gap, but you're fine. Um, okay. Anyway, so uh, at the end... After the big arena battle, and they go against the Red Wizard, and they're stopping the Red Wizard, the Red Wizard hits Holga with a blast and her dagger and fucks her up. And Chris Pine uses the uh, the tablet to resurrect her. Because in this moment, they realize, you know what, this she's been more of a mom to you, uh, to, to Kira, than her actual mom ever was uh i also really love the little touch of the dragonfly that comes and flies by and whether or not it's actually the spirit of his his wife is irrelevant 
because Correct. he perceives it as that. And that's what Correct. matters. Um, also, um, the, the thing I wanted to mainly ask you was yeah. that, so you remember when he would ever like go under a blanket and, um, like he would see his wife. So from my perspective, my brain thought that as like a cloak of, uh, like something, a cloak of remembrance or something, or imagining that he would put the cloak over and relive those fantasies that he had with his wife and relive moments with her and all that. That's what I thought of it as. But I know that's probably not right. That's what I... I it, it could be that, if you wanted it to, to play like that. It, it also could just be his very vivid memory of her. It could be that. It could be that, too. But I, that's what I thought of. I was like, oh, is he, like... Is he like, is he like imagining like? Is that, it, that's is it, is he... that's the fun thing about a tabletop role playing game like Dungeons and Dragons is it can be whatever the players at the table want it to be. Yep. yep you know. Yep, yep. Um, um. One of my favorite things about this movie, and Glados wanted to make sure that I mentioned this, is that the movie doesn't force Chris Pine and Holga Michelle Rodriguez to be together romantically. Uh, because she is free to fall in love with whatever badass little halflings she falls in love with. But the important thing is that they are platonic co-parents because they both love this kid. And I know you probably don't think it, but actually two player characters becoming platonic co-parents is pretty common. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I know several people, and I've played in several campaigns where the DM uh, acknowledges or gives the players an opportunity to adopt a random NPC child, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not in a relationship, but we both love this kid, so yay, platonic co-parents." Okay. Oh, did you also catch the reference to the Dungeon Dragons two thousand movie? Yes, I did in the arena. That oh. was fucking great. Oh no! I was actually talking about the the rug with the quicksand. That too. That oh, that too. That was that was yep. That was part of it. Um, oh, and apparently the, the, the actual group was in the arena and got fucking eaten by the displacer beast. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. So the group from the from the cartoon was in yes. the arena and got eaten by the displacer beast. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, okay. Um, also, this, uh, according to IMDb trivia, this film continues Michelle Rodriguez' inexplicably streak of dying on screen only to be resurrected. Yep, she's the anti-Sean Bean. Yeah, yep. Or she's the female Sean Bean that's reverse, I guess. I don't know. Sure. I guess, I don't know. Anti-Sean Bean sounds kind of like mean uh do you have any more questions about this movie admiral um i was also wondering at the like i was hoping at the very end you know when the red wizards are about to harvest all of it i legit thought i was like oh the movie's gonna end here like it's just gonna end and i'd have been fine with it i would have laughed hysterically if it would have ended but mm. Would you been would you have been okay with that or would you have would are you glad they went and saved all the people from the Wes, Red Wizards? 
Oh, I, it was a great finale. I think okay. it was they they managed to uh, get essentially a whole arc of what felt like a several weeks long campaign uh, into this movie, and it, okay. it felt like it had a logical conclusion, at least to this arc. I think these they can do more with these characters if they want to, um, but I also think the smart thing to do with D and D movies, if you're going to make more of them, is to have uh, essentially see it through the lens of players starting a new campaign with different characters, but in the same setting, uh, maybe a few years later or a few years earlier. That sets you up to where the new main characters can interact with the previous main characters. Uh, like, I could totally see Edgen and Holga coming back as supporting cast uh, for the next movie, but I hope they're not the main band. I hope we get a completely different cast of, of main characters in the next movie. I, I also agree. I also agree. So, uh, guys, we know this really we kind of do more of a beat-by-beat kind of thing, but this one we decided, hey, we're nerds, y'all are nerds, mostly nerds that listen to this show, uh, and if you're not, welcome, and thank you for listening so far. <laughs> um, and we know that, you know, you really care about certain things and all that, so we, that's why I really wanted to talk more about the, you know, the meat and potatoes about the movie yeah. than the actual movie itself. So, on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. Full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an alright movie. No gem, a horrible movie. But Maestro, what do you give D&D Hat? Uh, D&D Honor Among Thieves uh, surprised the hell out of me. Um, are there places in this movie that I could spend forever nitpicking? Sure. Uh, but just like with Critical Role or Dimension 20, if you continually nitpick at how someone plays make-believe, the more you do it, the more it feels really silly. Uh, this movie for me is right on the edge between Half Gem and Whole Gem. Um, I wanted this movie to... My, my only hope for this movie was that it would be just good enough to not close the door on more Dungeons and Dragons related movies in the future. And I think it did just that. So I'm going to say a shiny half gem. Okay. Um, I, uh, I also agree. I, a full, oh, I don't agree with you. I actually liked it a lot more, but because I guess that I don't play D and D much. So I'm not as, um, I get, I don't guess get me wrong. I liked it, but I also see where there is room to improve. Hey, but that's I'm, I'm not mad at this movie for not hitting those beats. I'm optimistic for future movies where that opportunity is now open for them to do so. That's fine. That's understandable. Uh, I guess I'm not as rationed. I'm more rationed with D&D than you are. You, you, you know, you have like, what, three or four campaigns going on right now? Yeah, when I'm not, uh, when I'm not watching Star Wars, I'm thinking about D&D. That's right. pretty much how it goes. So you gorge yourself on D and I ration myself. I really myself. do. I, I really myself. do. Um, so, uh, and this is not an intervention. It's not an intervention at all. Um, but I feel that I like the movie uh, a lot. I feel that it's really good. I feel it's a full gym, away in a dungeon with a beholder 
and also a mimic somewhere in the dungeon protecting the full gem that is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves 2023. Okay. Very nice, Admiral. Yep. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, yep. hey, y'all. Uh, let us know what you thought about this movie, and let us know if you th- if you like our take on this movie. You can email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Uh, and as long as Twitter is still a thing, you can get to us at cinemagems underscore pod or on Twitter. Although we have had some technical difficulty with the Cinemagems Twitter recently. So, hey, even better is the Cinemagems uh, Instagram. What is that one more time, Admiral? Cinemagems Pod. Yeah, that one. And I've been posting a lot of it uh, recently, and I have been posting, you know, stills from the movie, you know, that I, I watch at home. This one, I'm probably just going to take the the Dungeon Dragons manual and just take a bunch of pictures through there. Um, but yeah, no, um, I love the feedback that you guys give us. Thank you for so much for being understanding. And also guys, I just want you to remember that times are tough and it's okay to take a break from the entire world arrest to make sure that you as a person can mentally go through a day. It is 100% fine. But when you interact with people, when you interact with people, give them the benefit of the doubt. Think about think about what it is for them in their shoes because everybody is going through something in this world. Well said, Admiral. Yep. Uh, and you want to do the, the spiel for our uh, uh, yeah, Swapper Jacks family? Yeah, thank you to all of our Swapper Jacks friends and family. We love you guys so much and we appreciate all the input and feedback and ideas you give us. Please continue to do so at Cinema Gems. Uh, I'm sorry, Cinebagems15 at gmail.com once again. Um, We love you guys. Thank you for being awesome. Yeah, And also, thank you, Marty and the Eric and Zebra for allowing us to be on your website, lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. Oh, how was the music in Dungeons & Dragons, by the way? Uh, Music in Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, D&D Hat, uh, was done by Lorne Balfi, a composer that is new to me but i liked it it was it was subtle where it needed to be it was big and bombastic where it needed to be it worked i liked it i hope i see more from them yay hear more from them um all right guys so just want you to make sure that taking some time for yourself but also taking time for us to listen to the show thank you for listening thank you for being an amazing friend and thank you also for sending us reviews of what movies you want us to do next week we're going to review blackbeard's ghost are you ready for that but maestro i'm so ready all right well, i'm not really ready because i haven't watched it yet but i'm ready to watch it yeah uh, and it is on disney plus guys it came out in 1968 if you guys want to watch it it's really good it's one of those movies where you're like, why does this movie exist? But it's amazing. All right, guys. So see you next week. And also, guys, remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter. Always. All right, guys. Bye.